Thank you, President Robert. I'd like to welcome our key guests today. Uh, we've got former Premier and Chair of the ANZAC Centenary Committee, Ted Baliu. Major General Jim Barry from the Spirit of Australia. Thank you. Michael Bennett, the great-grandson of Sir John Monash. Michael Hedbury, saluting Monash, Victoria. And Renata Bernardi from Monash University. As you'll be aware, the club likes to hold and award the Monash Medal annually, and it's awarded to somebody that has displayed the qualities that are required for the medal, which are leadership, integrity and service. These qualities were admirably displayed by our former president, Sir John Monash. Today's awardee hardly needs any introduction. In 1984, he was, uh, he, uh, uh, was elected to the federal seat of Farrah, and after a year in opposition, he was elevated to the front bench. In 1990, he became the leader of the National Party of Australia. In 1996, upon John Howard being elected to the, as Prime Minister of the new government, Tim was conferred the role as, as Deputy Prime Minister and the Minister for Trade. Tim found, soon found that he had a difficult task ahead of him in supporting John Howard on the introduction of gun control, which occurred soon after the Port Arthur Massacre, which has also occurred in 1996. This move was opposed by much of Tim's rural constituency. Tim retired in 2001, and since that time, he has pursued his philanthropic interests, which have included the Fred Hollows Foundation, the Royal Flying Doctor Service, and the Ryder Cheshire Foundation which is involved in education in Australia. Tim will follow other awardees of this prestigious award, which include Sir, jo Sir Gustav Nossel, Professor Patrick McGorry, Professor Geoffrey Rosenfeld, Professor Fiona Wood, Honourable Michael Kirby, Reverend Tim Costello, John Bertrand and Professor Geoffrey Blaney. It's very much my pleasure to commend to you Tim Fisher as the awardee of the Monash Medal for 2018, the Honourable Tim Fisher AC. I also also call on President Robert to award the medal, and I'd like that to also be witnessed by Michael Bennett. If you'd also come to the podium, please, Michael. I'll leave you with...
the Honorable, <coughs> excuse me, the Honorable Tim Fisher, AC, for your outstanding leadership, integrity, and service, contributing to the Australian community as a federal politician, philanthropist, and diplomat, it gives me enormous pleasure to award you the Monash Medal 2018. Wonderful medal. Whoa, look at that, let's take it out. Again, my absolute thanks. And the engraving spelled correctly. Full marks to the secretary. <laughs> I'd like to now call on Tim uh, to give us a few words. Thank you. Thank you. For the first time in the history of this Corps, all five Australian divisions will tomorrow engage together. Because of the completeness of our plans, the number of troops employed and the use of all the resources, this battle will be one of the most memorable of the whole war. Sir John Monash on the eve of the Battle of Amiens. These words written and uttered by him 100 years ago, plus one day, uh, this day, will be repeated in the magnificent Cathedral of Amiens, where Victoria and Australia will be represented by Darren Chester, Minister for Veterans Affairs, where Australia and Canada, for a change, will be up front in that magnificent cathedral as Britain, France, and all the other allies make the point that this was the turning point battle. So Mr. President of Glasgow fame, Robert Fisher, Peter Davis as dining chairman, the secretary Keith Callanan and all the committee behind the scenes. I know they get overlooked, they do a lot of the hack work. I think the secretary Keith deserves a round of applause and his team behind it. <laughs> MC Burney, my friends on the right, Ted, good to see you always, Jim, Barry, Renata, Michael, Alistair, and other friends, Adrian Cloden, I notice, and a new friend, Mark of the Valtellina in northern Italy, Tirano, Grosotto, where my wife's family came from, and, and beyond. To all of you this day, I salute you all as members of the Melbourne Rotary, and I salute the founding fathers, including the second president of Melbourne Rotary, Sir John Monash of Gerildry and Melbourne, Hamel and Amiens. A great Australian, perhaps arguably to date our greatest Australian, as people forget that he was approached by the Grimwade family in the Great Depression to lead a coup d'etat. The New Guard were ready to fall in for him. Every member of the AIF would have fallen in at 0900 in front of every post office in the land had Monash given the signal. And by lunchtime, the parliaments would have been suspended for 10 years and we would have had our Franco or Mussolini equivalent. Famously, as Michael Bennett would remind us, he wrote back and said, no, no thank you. It would be an act of treason, an act of treachery. And then the quote that kept me going in the darkest days of politics, the gun debate and all, the only hope, the best hope, the only hope for Australia is the ballot box 
and good education. Amen, shalom, salem. Ladies and gentlemen, I do express my thanks for this medal and I do express my thanks for all who have helped me over the last 10 years when I've put some effort and shoulder to the wheel to elevate Monash. And if we've done nothing else, we have elevated the understanding of John Monash that he's not just a freeway or a university, he's everything else, and I don't have to dwell on that. Today, I say two new things. Firstly, we have a bill, a draft bill, and that bill has been helped along by a very senior lawyer or two, and Michael Hedbury, and it is for the parliament, when good people think again their opposition and think about this again, to reconsider the matter and when there are support on both sides, I don't want it to become a partisan matter, they might look at this bill because it's drafted in a way where the argument that it would open floodgates to posthumously promote John Monash to the rank of Field Marshal is dealt with completely. It cannot. It can only be one person, the only other possible person that would require additional legislation would possibly be Harry Chauvel of the Middle East and the uh, Light Horse. But it also has another little neat clause in it. It puts the date at 1 January 1931, and I reveal to many of you for the first time, including you, Ted, that that was the date. At age 65, Monash was put back on active service. Why? To represent Australia, where? At the New Delhi Durbar, the opening of the capital city of New Delhi, where the Brits spent a bit too much money, given what happened a few years later when it uh, walked away and became independent India. But he was put on active duty. And why is this important? Because Menzies had great difficulty retrospectively promoting Blamey in 1950. And eventually the Brits said, although today I don't think they could intervene, he has to be on active duty. So they went out to Heidelberg Hospital and got Blamey to sign a piece of paper and retrospectively, Blamey was put back on active duty for one day, and in the course of that day, he was promoted to the rank of Field Marshal. Well, in a sense, Monash is halfway there, because he was put back on active duty at age 65 for three, four months uh, when he went to represent Australia in India, Pakistan, and by the way, Afghanistan. So the first general into the troubled area of Afghanistan, if you often ask soldiers returned from Afghanistan today, uh, it's always a good trick question. Who was the first general of Australia who entered Afghanistan? It was John Monash in 1931. So I leave that legislation with you as I've sent a copy to the Prime Minister, to the Leader of the Opposition, to uh, the Deputy Leader of the Nationals, Senator Bridget McKenzie, to my own local member, Cathy McGowan, if you contact her office, you can get a copy from Kathy McGowan's office, or it'll be up on the website, uh, saluting Monash Council after tomorrow. It's something there as a way forward, should it be the wish of the parliament. It is the wish of many people on both sides of the parliament today. It was the wish of the Prime Minister in 2013 when he said, quote, I fully support the idea of Josh Frydenberg and Tim Fisher to promote John Monash. But we'll see what happens. Whatever else happens, this last decade has seen a renewed interest in our greatest Australian. And that cannot be taken away. That will continue. 
even when we work through the 75th anniversaries and other anniversaries associated with World War II, Korea, Malaysia, Vietnam, Afghanistan, uh, First Gulf War, Second Gulf War, and so much more, sadly, that the world has to face these days. And the other thing I wish to say is to recall that this battle was probably Monash at his very best. Four weeks earlier at Hamel, he'd practiced this holistic approach and written across the orders, this should take 90 minutes. History record, it took 93 minutes for victory at Hamel, a couple of Australian divisions capturing and taking out a wrinkle in the line and capturing the Vare Wood and the village of Hamel just to the northeast of the Monash Centre and to the northeast of Villers Bretonneau. If you stand in the tower next to the Monash Centre, you can see the village of Hamel out to the northeast in the sun. Look back the other way, by the way, you can see the cathedral spires of the Amiens Cathedral. That's how close the lunge of Operation Michael got to that key railway junction. Had they captured that, it's no doubt of many historians, France would have fallen. And they nearly did capture it in March and April, but for Australians, including Poppy Elliott and Glasgow and one or two others. So this was Monash saying, I will do this if I have the Canadians on the right flank. And tonight at a dinner in Canberra, we have a Canada-Australia special dinner at the Australian War Memorial to honour the fact this wasn't Australia only, it was Australia and Canada at the Battle of Armion. And we may well be 25 million people, but let us hope that the adults of the 25 million people over the next couple of years, this is what I see as my next objective, as I help out to the extent I can, health-wise and all, that Australians realise that the Battle of Armion should be up there with Gallipoli, on a parity with Gallipoli, and commemorate it as much as Gallipoli. And the launch pad for that, variously, amongst other points, would ought to be perhaps the centenary of Armistice Day, 11th of November this year, which happens to fall on a Sunday this year. So I am on it. I'm happy to answer questions here today. It's rotary. I know you have to be brief, or the ghost of those first two presidents will emerge and gong me down. But I, I leave you with a deal. I mean, Trump has elevated this deal-making business to such a level, I cannot resist tempting you four-bedroom brick house, stables out the back, absolute proximity to two coffee shops and the local news agency, new roof, solid brick construct, family living room, modernised, not a legal brothel as is Monash's birthplace in East Melbourne, as I understand it, but I wouldn't know about these things. The only house associated with John Monash still standing this day, Iona having been bulldozed in Turak, going at $350,000. It happens to be in the main street of Gerildery, Gerildery Street, Gerildery, which Michael's been to. Uh, that's not that far from the Melbourne-Sydney corridor. Uh, good offer. And then donate it to Murrumbidgee Council so we can create the Monash Centre Western Annex to match the Monash Centre in France at some future date. I mean, all of you have only got to cut off your fourth bedroom in the suburbs of Melbourne you live in, and you'd have the proceeds to build 
or by the Monash House in Geraldry. I do mention it in passing. There's some efforts afoot because logically, in the same way that Donald Bradman House is XYZ, I think this one house where Monash grew up, where he learned German, Hebrew, advanced algebra, advanced mathematics, history from tutors at the Geraldry School until his headmaster, William Elliott, wrote, I can teach this lad no more. He must go to Melbourne, Duck Scotch College, graduate in three degrees, Melbourne University, and the rest is history. It is part of the fabric of our nation, and I therefore table that thought in the knowledge that Adrian Cloden will step up, pull together a syndicate, and fix this up within 100 days before Armistice Day 2018. I thank you for the honour. I'm happy to take questions. Good luck to you all. And what a terrific thing if two years you'll celebrate your centenary, and I haven't given up on the thought that you'll do it under, over or on the Morell Bridge on the occasion. <laughs> <laughs>